So comedy is one of those things I feel personally. If, you know, no matter how good you are, it can it can bite you in your ass. We all have the, the thought or the theory, but us as comedians, we uh, we actually have the gall to to say. You know, if you're telling jokes flat-footed, it's got to be a real powerful joke to me. Yeah. My sermon is a joke, so yeah. I'm a pastor. Of Comedians Exposed, a podcast where comedians talk about vulnerability with your host, Deanna Kobe. So ladies and gentlemen, I want to thank you again for tuning in to Comedians Exposed. Our guest today is one of the most popular and in-demand comics out there. He performs all over the Northeast. He's a well-established producer. He runs the Sky High Comedy Series, the One Night Stand Comedy Series, Comedy in the Snack Box Comedy Series. He's a sketch artist. You should Google his hilarious sketch, Showers with Strangers. He's been on Wendy Williams. He has a web series, The Risk. He's performed at The Funny Bone. He's open for Kyle Grooms, Will Events, Tom Daddario. And part of his success in comedy is not only being a hilarious comedian, where he leaves people in stitches, he is a successful producer, and he's a master at fostering strong relationships with the venues where he produces. He's a comedian. Oh, that sounds like a oh. strong comedy resume. Strong comedy oh, resume. I'm not done yet, my friend. Okay, he is a go. comedian I admire for his dedication to the grind. And you, he understands that in comedy, you have to not only be funny, you have to understand business. He's got so many shows lined up. I can't wait to hear about them. So please join me in welcoming today's guest to Comedians Exposed, Quantel Brooks. Welcome. Hey, hey, what's up, everybody? What's going on? Oh, my God. I'm so excited you could be with us today. Yes, I'm excited. Yes, yes. Thank you for having me. Yeah. What's up, people? Oh my god. So I wanted to ask first uh how was your first show post quarantine? My first show post quarantine, I want to say that it was a Zoom show and uh I wasn't really I hadn't been on stage in uh, probably a month. It went uh horrible. And my <laughs> <laughs> Why was horrible. it horrible? It went horrible in my eyes, but I'm glad that I accepted the challenge. And, you know, comedy is one of those things I feel personally, if, you know, no matter how good you are, it can, it can bite you in your ass. You know, um, it's a, it's a constant muscle that you always, uh, that you have to keep on. So. What do you feel was horrible about the show? Like if there was something you could pinpoint specifically. I think that was the most that I really missed about comedy was the audience. Like, you know, they're a big part of comedy. Get a little teary, I talk about it. <laughs> yeah, they're a, big, they're a big part of comedy. So that was, uh, you know, I missed the whole song and dance. I missed the whole seeing people, uh, smelling a room and figuring out, you know, what these people are laughing at and, you know, gauging it. I miss all of that. So that was a, a big part of, of uh, you know, doing doing comedy, just the audience. So, 
Do you like to yeah. do a lot of crowd work? I like to get my material out, but if something's going on in the crowd that I have to address, then yeah, you know, that always always a good thing, you know, to find something out that you didn't know or or find something out that you didn't want to know. So with the Zoom shows, because you can't really gauge who's in the audience, obviously. And, you know, crowd work is out of the question. So what was some of the material that you felt that you needed to do or stick to? Or did you try new material? Um, I definitely tried new material. I definitely tried uh, what was going on uh, on uh, in my mind and then on my heart because it's been just so much. So I wanted to get out kind of what I've been going through. What, were some, what are some of the things that you've been going through? What's on your mind and heart? You know, homeschooling. <laughs> I don't like it. And, uh, you know, in addition, as you probably can hear my son crying in the background. <laughs> yeah, the homeschooling part. Uh, what else? There was, you know, not being able to go anywhere, you know, not having no place to hang out. The only place you could really hang out was a grocery store. They closed at eight. So, you know, it's only but so much you can do. Yeah, life's really slowed down a lot. Mm, yes, it has. So that was just a, a lot that I was, you know, taking into account, you know, what's been happening, my relationship with the COVID and, you know, the pros and cons. There's so many things Yeah. to talk about. What's what I really want... Go ahead. I'm sorry. Oh, no, no, it's okay. What were you going to say? I was going to say, I, I really just wanted to see, you know, like uh, during this time, if I was going to stick to the script or just... Uh, you know, because uh, I really didn't want to come out of this COVID talking about the same thing. You know, I, I really, I personally didn't. I, I, and I wanted to see, you know, um, who's been putting the pen to the pad. You know, have I? Has anyone else? Is this all? You know, what are we? What are we doing? Have you been to um, mics at all? Like, because now that they're having, I have been to a few. I've been to a few mics. Just to go up in bombs. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, just to get it out of my system. I, if I'm going to bomb somewhere, I'd rather be in front of my comedy peers or, <laughs> or, or strangers, you know? Right. Get this bomb out your system. I know, like, for me, the first outdoor show that I had after being quarantined, I was so nervous again. It felt like I was mm -hmm. starting from, like, square one. I always get nervous, no matter what. Yeah, always, no matter what. Is it the same uh, nerves as the first time you went up? Uh, no, I, I don't know. It's weird because, like, uh, with me, I get nervous up to the point to where, you know, um, my name is mentioned and then it, it all leaves me. So do you, like, kind of, like, okay, so describe that. What does that mean, leaves you, like? The anxiety, the, the overrated heart pumping and uh uh you know the sweaty palms things of that nature uh once um my name is announced and i grab the mic i have no more inhibitions i, I have no more um, because uh my time there is my time there and that's what the people came to hear so you know i let it go i let it rip what is it like as soon as you are on stage how what are you feeling or what are you experiencing feeling great <laughs> I'm feeling great. I'm feeling happy. I'm feeling uh, the need to, to push the envelope. Uh, I don't know. I'm hoping the comedy gods are, you know, are shining down on me. What does pushing the envelope look like? You may see a few people move in their seats, small, small sort of uncomfortability. Mm -hmm. uh, yeah. 
What, what, are those jo- what are those jokes that bring that on? What is the topics or how do you get that to happen? Well, as you know, there's been a lot of, uh, you know, a lot of shit with the police, a lot of things with the law, a lot of things with uh, the presidential, our presidential, uh, uh, our, our president. So, you know, um, these are things that uh, some people shy away from. Uh, but, you know, in this forum and uh, while I have my platform, I like to try to address it, you know, and, uh, you know, make it funny. You know, I think people all have the, the thought or the theory, but us as comedians, we uh, we actually have the gall to, to say it, you know, and some people are very great at that, delivering that message and then putting that spin on it to make you hee-hee and ha-ha. Yeah. Do you feel that that's like a, one of your drives for wanting to do comedy is to kind of like raise awareness to things that you're passionate about or like to draw attention to those things? And make people laugh like that? I don't think it's one of my drives, but I think it is something that does interest me. And as well as other people. Yeah, one of my, yeah, that's not one of, it's not a thing that drives me, but I think it's of interest. You know, it's something to talk about. What would you describe your comedy like? Like in three words, what would, how would you describe your comedy? Funny? I don't know if it's interesting yet. I'm still figuring, I'm still figuring that out if it's interesting, uh, but I know that it is funny. It's something to think about. Interpersonal. Yeah. So what about, because you said with your comedy, so like what got you into comedy then? How, how'd you get started? Comedy is something that I always wanted to do. You know, I was more of a jokester, like in high school, junior high, it would be uh, by snapping on people, uh, things of that nature. I would snap on people. I really wasn't no, like a telling joke, but it was more so making fun of. And I think that turned into something else. Yeah. It was one of those, hey, you should do comedy. And, you know, enough people tell you, you eventually will try it or jump into it. But it was something I always admired about the guys prior to me doing it. And I always thought, you know, man, these guys, they look like this job is so cool. And, and, and I think I want to I wanna do it. Yeah? Yeah, I want to do it. Did it take you a long time to decide that you wanted to do it? It did. It did because I um, had a lot of things jotted down on paper uh, from just my day to, you know, maybe girls I was dating or how something made me feel. And it got to a point where I had a conversation with a family member and they said, you know, you can't keep, uh, you know, bullshitting about it. Either you're going to do it or you're going to be talking about what you should or would or could have done 10 years later. You know, so you have to put that foot out there and, and get it done. But I find, I feel like once you've been bit by comedy, it's kind of hard to get away from it. Yeah. That's why you see these guys that are still old, still, you know, uh, pushing the envelope. Well, not necessarily pushing the envelope, but you see these guys that are that have been doing comedy for years and they, uh, you know, they pick the mic back up. You yeah. know, they come from behind. They come from behind a writer's table or come from behind the camera and they pick that mic up. It's something, it's something about it that uh, is addicting. Why do you think it's so addictive? You have a voice. I mean, in addition to you having a voice, there are some people that, that are attention. People love that attention. I do personally, you know, if I'm on stage, I love the attention, me getting out the word. It's almost like you're uh, uh, a, a pastor. <laughs> I heard Chris Rock say that before, like they were asking him, you know, who, who, 
who do who do you watch as far as comedy or what have you been watching? And he said he's been watching like, you know, pastors and pastors uh, have a lot to say, you know, as far as the word that they're preaching. And as you see their candidacy, you see how they address, how they deliver. And it's, um, you know, you can look at yourself and say, hey, you know, my sermon is this joke. So, yeah, I'm a pastor of joke. A how, joke do pastor. Pre- how do you prepare your sermons? My sermons? Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, I don't really prepare my sermon, but um, I usually like live to live the joke and then I can tell it. So I'll, I'll actually something may have happened to me that I can talk about. Uh, so I actually live the joke and then I try to tell it. So how much of yourself do you feel is on stage? All of me. Yeah. Wow. Hey. All of me. It's, so... it's all of me. Yeah. It's all of me. It's no real, you know, it may be some embellishment behind it, but the majority is all of me. Yeah. So you wouldn't say obviously. I don't, I don't think, I don't think I don't think I Uh No, I don't really have too many characters. Um, I think I tried those earlier on in my career where I would, talk about uh family members or a cousin or everybody has this friend but not too much now you know um i'm a parent i'm a i'm a i'm a parent now a a father a husband you you know an uncle you know so it's a lot of things that i am now that i i I weren't before so i'm talking about that stuff now i guess so being that you are you know it's so much of yourself on stage how do you respond when you're on stage and you see somebody who's not laughing at your stuff i i I try to focus on that person i try to get that person to particularly laugh you know and if they're not then something's wrong with them (laughs) (laughs) Do do you point that out to the audience sometimes i try to point it out like you know um you know, I'm trying to get this one guy right here to laugh. I'll say something of that nature. And yeah. I, I, want to, I want this person right here to laugh. What about in terms of physicality? Are you, do you consider yourself a really physical comedian? Do you, like, act out? To an extent. Yeah, to an extent, I'm, I'm physical, but not, not all the way. I'm physical. Well, would you describe one of your, like, how would you be physical? Like, in which type of ways? What kind of movement would you do? um well i used to talk I, I used to i used to talk about how i was uh you know when i first started dating my 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 lady she uh you know i had an airbed so that was one of my things that was like a signature a signature joke of mine dating a woman and you know having an airbed so i would do the whole blowing up part the whole <laughs> elevation from the from the top to the you know yeah so that's uh a physicality and and then some, you know some people like to tell their jokes flat-footed. I personally don't. I don't feel it. If you're telling jokes flat-footed, it's got to be a real powerful joke to me. Yeah. Personally. Yeah. Who were some of your comedy idols and why? His name is Reggie McFadden. And when I t- this guy was just he was just naturally good. He painted a picture that was very vivid with his words. The things that he would talk about were so I don't know how to put it they were they were there but you you actually didn't see it the way that he saw it which was a great thing um I, he was describing I watched a, a bit where he was describing cops one day the show and just the way that he uh just the way that he went about uh describing that was just really really awesome to me cracked me up on the inside yeah so he's one of them and of course the great 
You have the Chappelle's. I mean, Eddie Murphy's. I like uh, Jim Norton, Gaffigan. It's a lot of guys. I could go on for days. Patrice O'Neill, he's one of my favorites. So what do you think? Did you hear about um, Gaffigan I, and him going off on his like, Twitter attack on the president? He got a lot of shit from people like, oh, stay in your lane. What do you think about that idea? Like, do you think comedians should only be in the lane of just being talking funny about silly things or should they dive into? Why not? Why not? Um, That's what, you know, these amendments and things are for, freedom of speech. And some people don't want to voice it. So you have guys like comedians that are going to, you know, give their spiel on politics or how they feel about their president or how they feel about, you know, uh, police and rioting and, and everybody's going to have their opinion and they're entitled to it. So, you know, um, I think people get all butthurt about it because just now people are soft. <laughs> what do you mean by that? Go into that more. Uh, people are soft. Like the world is just like this. It's so touchy. Everything is so touchy these days. You know, you can't say anything. The Me Too movement was brought about because, uh, you know, women were getting harassed and, and, and things of that nature. But before, beforehand, uh, I, th- I don't think there was anything wrong with uh, uh, men attempting to flirt. But I guess this has gone to a point now to where uh, a whole movement is brought behind it. I think it's like so I don't know. Am I going? Am I going left? Am I going left right no, now? No, no, no. This is important. I think it's good because I feel like, especially too, like, do you try to make jokes about the Me Too movement? I haven't made any. Well, I've made a couple. You know, I've made a couple of jokes about that movement. You know, because I feel in all of these things, there's there's some funny in it. There's, there 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 was something funny when when uh you know uh people found out about um. Louis C.K., there was something funny about it, you know? Oh my there was God. something funny about, there was something funny about Bill Cosby. There was, you know, people had jokes and it's uh, like, yeah. you know, people are like, don't talk about that. Or that. Why, why not? That shit's funny, man. Isn't that it? That shit is funny. Especially like, it's like the shit happened already. You know, it's not like you're doing yeah, it. and I the shit happened. Right. I don't think people want to hear women talking about rape and making jokes about it. Yeah, I mean, I had a friend that used to, his opening joke was like a rape joke. And I was like, bro, that's your opening bit? Jesus Christ. Yeah. Do you want these people to not like you? But, hey. I feel like there's something, though, especially, like, it's just, like, to try things out. Like, when you think about, for example, if you were to describe your persona, what would you say your persona is? My persona? Yeah. Um, I'm fun. I am fun. <laughs> I am, uh, uh, he's, he's intelligent. Um, cool. You know, those were, those are three things that come to mind. Fun, intelligent, cool, uh, go getter, all of those things. So what about then with thinking about, because you think about how every joke is almost like a adding to your color palette as a comedian, like how jokes like about rape, they create a very particular like visual or tone for wherever you want your jokes to go. So it's mm-hmm. like thinking about like your tone and how far you'll go and how where you usually stay. Like, do you mm-hmm. feel like you want the audience on your side or do you feel you want to keep the audience on the edge? I like a little bit of both, to be honest with you. And also, you know, I feel like 
you should be taking that audience on a ride. If you're not taking them on a ride, then you're not doing your job. You should be able to take them on a ride. Whatever they're dealing with during that time, um, you're set uh, during that time on stage, you should be able to, you know, bob and weave and take those people on a ride. I want to know the joke that you have that you are really uncomfortable doing. You love the joke, but you really, I describe it as your butthole clenching up because of that physical feeling of anxiety and nerves. What joke is that for you? Well, I have a joke where I talked about if I were white for a day, what I would do. Okay. <laughs> and it, it, it starts off with being regular white for the day. What would I, what I would do with my whiteness? Um, you know, I, I think I would talk unruly to a police officer you know, and um, then I will go about my day, you know, just to see what it feels like. Because as we know, um, or as we see, uh, black people and police are not on the same side right now. So that would be something that, that's something that's kind of, a, uh, that if it's a crowded room or a packed room, although the, uh, the premise may, you know, clench your eyes or get your butthole tight, um, just a little pop at the end. So, you know, um, I've done the joke a couple of times to where some people will come to me and they say, that was funny or how'd you know? And, and, uh, others, you know, they just take it uh, another way. They don't like it. So yeah. I'm okay with it either way. Yeah. How come you're okay with it? What do you feel like? What motivates that feeling is that, um, you gotta be a blind person to know that, you know, um, shit is not right in this country right now, you know? And in order for it to be, just some things have to change. And in order for those things to change, it starts with uh, someone's voice. So, you know, I'm all open for whatever energy anybody wants to bring to point the wrong, the right, and, and what we can do as uh, just individual people to, to make shit right, you know? Mm -hmm. So that's why I say I'm, 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 okay, I'm okay with it because, for one, it's my opinion. I'm entitled to it. Um, you can't beat me. So, uh, <laughs> you know, uh, yeah, those, those, it's just one of those things. It's just one of those things that uh, I'm going to I'm going to be OK with because, um, you know, uh, I want to I want to be able to, to, to not necessarily change people's mind, but I do want to teach. You know, I want to show and, and you have a teaching background, right? Yeah. Yeah. So, you know, you want to be able to teach. You want to be able to, you know, let these people know. I, I think like uh, even for different races, they. They want to know, they, you know, they want to know what or, or how you feel or how you see things. You know, that's uh, the beauty behind comedy. If someone doesn't have a lot of black friends, you have this person on stage for 5, 10, 15, 30 minutes that you can see what this person sees or you can feel what that person feels. So, I, uh, you know, that's just one of those things for me. Mm -hmm. um, and that joke, too, that you told us just now, so that was the joke that I asked that also makes, that makes you uncomfortable. Cause you mentioned the audience gets uncomfortable with it, but does that also make you uncomfortable to tell? Not really. Not really. Um, it doesn't make me uncomfortable. Like it's, it's jokes that I've told before that, uh, have made me uncomfortable, but uh, I still tell them. Okay. You know, so I, think that's the, I think that's the growing process. It's a growing process. What is one of those jokes that makes you uncomfortable um, to tell, but you still what tell would I, what, what would I do if I had a vagina? 
what would I do if I had a vagina? I mean, I don't necessarily need to go all the way into the joke, but what would I do? How would I, you know, how would I treat it? You know, uh, would would I be giving it away? You know, what would I use it as uh, like a change dispenser? I don't know. I've never had one, but I'd like to know. You know, what would I do with it? What would I do if it got a little moist and I'm out playing ball with the fellas? You know, what are, what am I gonna do? It starts to dripping. I don't know. <laughs> that means you got that good wop. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Why does that, that makes you uncomfortable? What about that joke makes you uncomfortable? Where do you think the uh, uncomfortableness is coming from? The uncomfortableness? Well, me not, me, me not having a, a vagina and possibly wishing that I had one at the time. Not even wishing that I had one, but the imagination. What would make a person go <laughs> that far? That's, that's a little dark. That's a little dark. So, you know. I think about having a penis all the time. <laughs> you think you have one all the time? All the time. Like every day I wake up, I'm like, why don't I have a dick? Describe for us the perfect audience for you. An attentive audience. Uh, an audience that, uh, no hecklers. That's a perfect audience. Yeah? Yeah. All right, we're gonna play, we're going to play a game really quick. Okay. Okay, so I'm going to pretend to be a heckler, and I'm going to shout something out, and you have to respond as quickly as possible. No thinking about it. Like, as if you were in the middle of your joke. In fact, start doing a joke, and I'm going to interrupt you and heckle you and see how you what? respond. Okay, just start a joke right now. And at some point... Start a joke. Yeah. Okay, I'm start a joke, and then you're yelling something out okay. to me? And you gotta, you got to shut me down. I'm the heckler. Oh boy, this this is this is awkward. <laughs> this is this is this is awkward. But uh, I've never had no anyone say start the joke and then I'm gonna jump in with. Uh, I'm gonna. I, first of all, heckles are never pre-planned. I never <laughs> never had a, a pre-planned. This is a pre-planned heckle. So we're gonna pre-plan this heckle. Huh? Maybe they are. Maybe that's exactly what hecklers do. Like, I'm going to go to the yeah, they, show tonight and I'm going to kill. They're going, they're going to say, I'm coming in and I'm coming in with a vengeance to end who, whoever's up there. Doesn't matter who it is. So are we, are, this is the game we're going to play? Yeah, this game we're going to play before we start to wrap up. All right. Uh, what's up, ladies and gentlemen? My name is Quantel. Uh, that is a very, very black name. Uh, as you can see, um, it starts with a Q, ends with an L. Uh, there's a Quan in the middle of it. Um, the oldest of three. You feel free to jump in anytime. Anytime here. Um, <laughs> yeah, I've never had a pre-planned heckler. Never. <laughs> never. Uh, this, is, this, this is a very good question, too, because it's kind of stumped me. <laughs> I guess we can play another game. Oh, know. all right, all right, fine. I was gonna. All right, I won't heckle you. You, were, ta you were taking too long to heckle. You just gotta, <laughs> gotta jump in there. Just right. Just gotta jump in there. Yeah, but what do you think motivates hecklers? Uh, them wanting to be on stage. They really want to be on stage. They really want to be the show. They really think what they're doing is uh, is great, and uh, you know, just ass hold of this. 
Most hecklers are assholes. Why don't so, you yeah. think they get on stage then? Fear. That's probably the number one reason. So what do you think they would have to lose, like, without that fear? Number one reason a heckler stage is fear. Yeah. They would come to have to face the harsh reality that they suck. <laughs> That's hard, too. <laughs> That's a tough, tough thing to accept. Yeah. Um, harsh reality that I'm no good. And I never will be. And, and you're better than me. You're always going to be better than me. There's nothing I can do about it. <laughs> That's so sad. Poor, I feel bad for hecklers. I feel like they're like sad, lonely people. You know, majority, and, yeah. majority, yeah. Yeah, and living in fear is no good, right? Think about like what's going on right now in the world. How much our president uses fear? To it's all, it's all a hoax. It's all fake news. So crazy. That was my that was my Trump. That's all I have for you. That's your Trump impression. <laughs> Not true. It's all fake news. You gotta do a lot of the, the karate yeah. hands. <laughs> it's all fake news. <laughs> what is that? It, oh my god, he's so Oh matter of fact, don't you do a Trump? I do it. I love doing Trump so much. I am You have like a wig and everything, right? <laughs> do you you do sketches? So have you been doing any sketches during quarantine? I did a sketch, uh, which was kind of like a remix. Um, there's a rapper by the name of L Little Baby. And Little Baby has a song called uh, That's My Dog. And because of the quarantine, um, I made a song called In My Draws. Because uh, I've been doing nothing but being around the house during this quarantine in my draws. Uh, going to get the mail, uh, working from home. All in my draws. So, yeah, that's the sketch that I did. And that we can find that on your social media? I think you can. If, if you can't, um, I'll put it up again. Okay, well, why don't you um, let everybody know where we can find you? Well, this week, you can find me uh, at uh, State Street Grill. Uh, I'm doing a rooftop comedy event September 6th. It's a BYOB, and that's Bring Your Own uh, Bag, I guess. Uh, with liquor in it, uh, alcohol, spirits, <laughs> and uh, yeah, that's going to be this Sunday, and uh, everything else is pretty much to be announced until the world opens back up. Uh, we have a podcast that's uh, starting, it's called Every Day We Grinding, because as you know, every day we are grinding, just trying to, you know, make things happen, so that's what I got lined up so far. And we can find you on Instagram. Instagram under uh, is that Q R O X, and my uh, no 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 that's Twitter. Twitter is Q R O X, and my Instagram is I M Q Brooks, and my Facebook Quantel Brooks. Q U A N T E L B R O O K S. Oh my god! Awesome. Well, Q, um, like I said, I just have one more question for you before I let you go tonight. I just want to know. What do you think in this world should not be joked about? Should not be joked about? Yep. Don't ask me. Because <laughs> I think it's all open. It is all it's all all to be talked about. We we just had we just talked about abortion, rape, uh <laughs> Politics. So that's the wrong. That's the wrong question to ask me. 
<laughs> but that doesn't mean we all make jokes about it, you know. I'm like so we all don't, but uh, that's not the um you can you can joke about anything you want. People joke about race, people joke about color, prejudice, racism. All of that shit is funny if it's done correctly. Mm-hmm. Uh, I feel you have to be a really skilled uh, comedian to actually uh, do a race joke and it be funny. You know, some just aren't funny. I don't think they're thought about. I don't think they're just not funny. Mm-hmm. Um, there's some things that are funny, that are truth, you know, and they can be talked about properly. But there are some that people don't even think about the joke. And they're just like, come on. You just wanted to say that. Yeah. <laughs> A lot of the low hanging fruit that people grab for is just to be like provocative. And like you said, attention seeking. I like that. Some of the low-hanging fruit. That's what I'm going to start calling people I don't want to deal with. You know what? You're just low-hanging fruit. <laughs> exactly. There's That's who so you are. It's you like, are so low-hanging fruit. Right? Like, who goes apple picking and grabs the fucking apple right in your face? No, you read right, it up. Right, right, like, that right. Shit, I want that juicy apple. Mm-hmm. <laughs> well, I just want to say, you guys, we have loved having our guest yes. today, Quantel Brooks on Comedians Exposed. We're so excited to um, see him hit the stage again, and we are so grateful that you could take time out of your September schedule. Huh? September 6th. Yeah, September 6th, everybody. So definitely get, because there's still tickets, right? Or no? There's still tickets left. We are uh, taking temperatures at the door. We're doing social distancing, all that stuff. So come on by. It's, uh, you know, it's a BYOB. It's going to be really fun. It's from from 4 p.m. to 6 p.m. It sounds awesome. And it's a rooftop, so the weather's going to be It's a rooftop. Get your roof on, baby. Yeah, that's pretty sexy. So we can't wait. Um, and we can't wait to see what other shows and projects you have lined up. So thanks yes, so much yes. for being with us. Peace and love, people. <laughs> <laughs>